back for episode three, baby. Sports talk, unfiltered, unapologetic. And uh, today, you know what? I'm very fortunate. We've got our first guest on the pod. And uh, it's none other than an old school buddy of mine. We used to work together for a few years and been friends ever since. Our wives are actually best friends. And so uh, let me introduce you to my, my guest today. None other than Brian Wynn, a.k.a. Bonsai. Brian, how's it going, man? Good. How you doing, Ryan? Good. Good to be here. Thank you. Uh, thanks for joining us, actually. So me and uh, Bonsai, we're going to get into a, a number of topics today. Uh, it, we're fortunate enough to have somebody who's in the entertainment industry for, for all you out there to uh, hear some of this stuff we're going to talk about, which is kind of cool. It's some cool insight. Uh, Bonsai is a, actually a ref for the WWE and um, we get together. We don't normally talk about work and stuff like that. We usually joke around about other stuff. But today we're going to talk some Warriors. Um, we're actually going to talk some some stuff me and him have, have been chatting about for a little while now. The KD uh, saga that's been kind of going on. Uh, that thing's been lasting really all season. Now you have him and Kyrie possibly teaming up. We're going to get into some other stuff um, to do with maybe the Giants and spring training. And uh, some MLB. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be a good episode. Uh, Bonsai, what I first is going to ask you about, um, when you're on the road, man, doing all these shows for SmackDown and pay-per-views and whatnot, what are the, what are the fans abroad like compared to the States? Abroad, I mean, uh, especially the UK tours, because we, we only go there maybe, or we actually only go there twice a year, right? So one tour right after WrestleMania. The other one's uh, right before the holiday tour in November. So um, they're pretty rabid. I mean, once once we get out to, like, especially the U.K., man, they're just – they're loud. They uh, they create their own chants. It's like a different vibe out there. It's, it's, it's great. It's fun to work in front of. And I know it is for the uh, for the boys in the back too. That's killer. That's killer. So it's, it's kind of like when you see – am I off on this? When you, like almost when you see it on TV – like that soccer atmosphere when they're in the stands yeah. chanting and stuff like that. So um, are they a little more rowdy than the U.S. crowd? Oh, definitely. Um, I, I'm sure when they watch the matches, they uh, they let you know their opinions. Um, if it's a great match, if it's uh, something they're not into, you, you'll definitely hear it from them. They're Like I said, it's a really different vibe when you're out there. Now, what about maybe some other countries that you wouldn't think, like even uh, going over to like Asia or um, – you know, Russia or places like that. What, what's, what's it like out there? Uh, it, it's, it's pretty wild out there too. Cause sometimes you figure Japan, we go out there maybe once usually during 4th of July weekend, but, um, once a year you mean, right? Yeah. Once a year. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Once no, a year, okay. but, uh, man, they're like, they're, they're great. Like the fans, there are times where, uh, you're getting into the arena and you see a lot of the fans are dressed up as, uh, their favorite stars. So you'll see like a, uh, a Bray Wyatt, a uh, Japanese uh, Eric Rowan or something like that. It's it's that's, that's crazy. Cool. You'll see a John Cena. You'll see Randy in their body suits with the tattoos and all that stuff. That's it's, awesome. It's pretty it's pretty fun to pretty fun to see when you're rolling up to that arena. You see those guys outside just being wild. So the the cool thing for you guys, you know, being in front of crowds like that probably gives gives you like an energy boost too, right? Because of how hyped they are. But am I right about this? Where when you're talking about something that's only coming around once a year, they're super excited because that's their only opportunity to see it live, yeah. correct? Is that kind of what you're saying, like the difference between doing it maybe here in the States? Not that it ain't yeah. great here in the States, but doing it overseas in those those destinations, 
it's only once a year, so they're just yeah. So I mean, they're they're coming from hours away, right? So it's 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 not often that they can see they just see it on TV, but when you actually come come in to an arena, see it live, that's a whole different atmosphere for, for them. That's I'm pretty sure it's 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 an exciting time that they they plan their year around it and say, hey, WWE is going to be here at this time. Um, let's save up some money. Let's let's make a road trip out of this or a flight and and, and get to it because I'm pretty sure it's probably a little bit cheaper than flying all the way to the states to go see it. Uh, yeah, whatever town it is in, you know. Yeah, and just like anything else, right? Because you're talking about hotel, airfare, yeah. you know, you know, uh, leisure activities or whatever when you're at the place. Whereas it's like when they comes here, it's mostly like it hits the different spots in the U S and people can just drive from their car or whatever, go check out the show. And it's like a one night deal and they're driving back home. Normally they're not coming from distances where they're staying in the hotel. Yeah. Especially if you're in the Bay area, you're like, Oh, I can just go to Oakland or I can just go to San Jose. Yeah. It's a drive, you know, or I can say, Hey, uh, maybe I'll make an hour drive and go to Sacramento and go see it. Yeah. It's now me and you were talking a little bit earlier about, um, the difference kind of when, you know, yourself, obviously, and wrestlers or whatever, it's just like me or any other average everyday Joe, right? When the lights are on, you guys, you have a job to do. But when the lights are off and and you're in the back, it's just like talking to someone who does your taxes or anybody else, right, for the most part. Yeah, some guys you know who you can talk to, like uh, certain guys that they're sports fanatics too. They're MMA fanatics and boxing fanatics, and everyone has their own cup of tea, right? So you kind of know, like, whatever you're you're into, you know, you kind of know – who you're going to talk to about sports when that comes up, especially when it's like college football season, right? There's a couple guys there that are really big into college football. I mean, they play college football as well. So there, are they from the South? More than uh, likely. That's what I've noticed too, right? In the Bay area, man, as you know, cause you grew up here. Yeah. People could kind of give a crap about like, Stanford no, that's what Cali, I was, yeah. You know? so, back, back in the South, it's like religion, you know? So one of the guys I was, I was talking to, um, I was telling him, I was like, why, why on earth would you put, the national college football championship out at Levi's. Yeah. No one out here cares about that. Right. Yeah. Everyone talks about how, um, was it, was the hashtag pack 10 after dark? Like, Cause no one watches it. Right. Yep. Sometimes you get those exciting games, but no one pays attention. Yeah. It's you know the three hours ahead on the East, but I mean, it's, it's something where you've got to I feel like that game should have been somewhere in the Midwest or at least in the Southeast. I mean, you've got Bama, Clemson, Auburn, like those, those type of, uh, yeah, the, the territories the it needs to be out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm in a group um, in Facebook. Shout out to my boys and and girls over there in the sports zone. Um, I spend a good am- amount of time discussing sports with them sometimes, and um, there it's a huge contingent of SEC fans from different schools, mm-hmm. and they go at it on there, arguing yeah. and stuff. And it's it's like a, a way of life, man. College ball, you know what I mean? Yeah. They they rag each other all day long, and they they all tell me because they go to these games live. Um, my buddy on there, Fletcher, Alicia, she's a, a huge Florida fan. I have some, a lot of friends on there. My buddy, uh, Freddie and, uh, and Melvin and a ton of them like are UGA fans. And they, they all tell me the stories, these games, you know, the, the people are tailgating for like four hours before the game. Um, it, it's like a all day event and party. Definitely, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's like, I think the way Bay area fans maybe look at like the warriors in football, the NFL, yeah is how the South treats college ball, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, the other thing we were going to get into also is, you know, 
uh, piggybacking on us talking about just the fellas in the back or, and the girls in the WAB, just being normal, just every day like me and you. What's cool from your aspect, man, is you get that whole rush from being in front of the crowd like that and you have a job to do and you enjoy it. Yeah. But you can still go out at night after and go have dinner somewhere, go to oh, the yeah. mall and go shopping. But like a guy like Cena or someone else, right? Yeah. They can't walk two feet, right? Without oh, no, being yeah. Luckily for me, it's just uh, as a referee, like uh, Scott Armstrong, former wrestler to referee, and now he's working in the back. But he always he always told me once I was coming up was, you don't need to be seen until you need to be, you know, like until that's one two three happens or whatever whatever at the end of the match that where you need to be seen. But I can walk through that curtain and all of a sudden walk through that back door and go into the street. No one's gonna know who I am. Yeah, which is great. But you get yeah. some of these superstars, yeah, like you said, John Cena, anybody else, man, they can barely take a step outside with someone in front of their face with a camera. Yeah, you know, they can't have a nice dinner. Yeah, you, you mean you can't go to a grocery store or anything like that. So, or imagine if you know if you're married or you have kids, right? Yeah. You can't you can't be out with your your kids if you have a two and four year old out there and you're walking the street and you're some celeb like that, right? Yeah. Your kids don't know what the hell's going on. No, you're getting just, mobbed, and they just see somebody in front asking for a picture with a camera, yeah, a phone, recording every single every single step you take. You could have a, a conversation with somebody, right? And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, what are they talking about? Yeah, you're, like, you're figuring out what's going on. You can't even have a a conversation because you got someone with their camera phone on. Yeah. You know, and then speculate, and speculation and all that stuff too. Then all of a sudden it's like, that's the 2019 yeah. life, right? Yeah. It's like anywhere you turn, man, someone's got their camera out or it's crazy how the world's evolved into that yeah. with, with, you know, everyone recording everything. And, and not only that, man, but the, the outrage that comes with everything nowadays too, yeah. right? It's, you know, someone's posting something, they're looking to do the TMZ thing and yeah. get a rise out of There's everybody. There's no privacy, right? You can always yeah. sell a video for X amount of money. Yeah. So you hear that, everybody? It's uh, not always great to be famous. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, man, I, yeah, hell yeah, I want to be rich, but I, I want to be able to you walk sure down the that? street and, yeah, and do whatever what I want, what you right? wish for. Yeah. I want to be Mike McGlinchey, not Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> So, hey, we were going to get into this uh, transitioning here over, speaking of fame, me and you were talking earlier about, like, the All-Star Weekend, right? Yeah. Durant and Kyrie all yeah. of a sudden are getting into hot water because they're talking about maybe teaming up, and the media obviously is running. That's yeah. the thing. We, can, we're we don't know, right? yeah. Um, as a lifelong Warriors fan, and even years ago, me and you worked together, and um, we would talk about sports and the whole thing with the Warriors is like we waited our whole lives for this team to be good. They've sucked our whole existence yeah. almost, right? Mm -hmm. Then they turn it around. I think Steph Curry was a huge part of that, changing ownership of Lake of and the management. Yeah. And then they build this core dynasty naturally, right? They drafted Draft, Curry. Yep. They drafted Klay Thompson. They drafted Draymond Green. They mm -hmm. signed these other guys like Livingston. They have this great team. Then they win 73 games but lose the title that year. And there's a lot of controversy, obviously, surrounding that. I don't like to kind of make excuses kind of at the end of the day, especially in basketball because it's a seven-game series. So mm -hmm. usually the best team wins out somehow. Yeah. Even though it felt like the Warriors up 3-1 were the better team for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that when we look back on it, though, um, I don't know the whole KD thing, how it'll be viewed, right? What what are your thoughts on, on 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 his perception, right? His legacy. When 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 people look back on it, do you think they'll say, "Hey, that guy was a three time champion"? If the Warriors they win it this year, or do you think it'll be, "Well, he teamed up with them and and he didn't piggyback it, but he he got a title." You know, it's almost like an asterisk. Here's my thing: it's like 
as an, as an athlete, you want to get to the pinnacle of what your sport is. Right. And at that time with OKC, he was, he was one of a top three player. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could say he is now even still. Yeah. So when, so I, I I like to go to the Warriors organization and say, Hey, um, yeah, they lost that, they lost that, uh, seven game series to the Cavs. But what was the biggest thing that stood out in everybody's mind? You think Harrison Barnes not being able to, to do anything in that series? Yeah. So, so you lose a series and you figure Harrison Barnes was the three. He couldn't do what he needed to do for them. If he would have made one or two buckets, that could have been a whole different game seven, right? Yeah. So as ownership, you got, okay, I got to make my three better. Who's the, be- who's the best three out in that market right now? Happened to be a free agent was KD. So you got to go and court him, right? So if you're KD, you're just like, well, these guys want me. I know it's going to be, this is a pretty good team as well. They were in the finals already. Would you not want to go and say, hey, like this team wants me yeah, and, and, and go there? It's also maybe maybe we shouldn't say, oh, KD took the easy way out. It's more of, damn, these guys really wanted me. Yeah, They're going to pay me this much money, which is still good. But then like you figure what, playoff royalties and all those other things, merchandise. I, I think he did it for his own brand, like his brand as well. I do too. Because you figure, I mean, Bay Area, you know the guy, you know, Everyone's all about fashion, shoes. He's got his own line. Now you got yeah. now you're going to a whole market that you know it's people are gonna buy shoes. Dude, those you shoe contracts to. are crazy, yeah. though, right? Like hard hard yeah. the two hundred million thing mm-hmm. and it, the the contracts uh, for shoes, it's almost like they dwarf the yeah. the NBA ones mm-hmm. for their actual teams. And sometimes mm-hmm. if you're a superstar like Harden or Steph yeah. or whatever, right, you're almost making the same money for both, yeah. which is like 35 40 million dollars for each of them i mean the money in basketball is insane it's a lot of it's because it's a global sport one yep. two the rosters are smaller with only 12 players mm-hmm. so they can be paid more and they're also guaranteed deals so uh, i i was speaking on the point you made you know i think that steph clay and draymond you know they could give a crap about yeah. the fact that they tried to get Durant to join right mm-hmm. that's one thing i think in basketball it gets a little bit over uh blown is a lot of the 80s and 90s players they don't like the fact that people try to say they're teaming up or whatever right Mm -hmm. but you know if if you're a player on a team and you're trying to get someone else to come play with you i don't see the the problem with that right Mm -hmm. trying to convince someone to come and help you win a title now the player that leaves somewhere else and goes somewhere to the to the winning team to try to team up to do it i kind of see them getting grief for it even though on the surface Going to a place because you want to win, that mm-hmm. at its core doesn't seem like it, it's a bad thing, right? Uh-huh. But it's just going to be the perception, and on the other hand, that I get where, okay, you have a 73-win team, yep. and you're a top three player in the league, and you're yep. going to join that team. So I kind of get the flack that he took. But you would know? you give it to Warriors ownership and say, hey, they did a great job courting him? If, without a doubt. I think that I think that even more than them, because they, I, you know, this is like the thing me and you always talk about and have for years, right? It's always speculation, right? Especially mm-hmm. media loves pumping topics and other stuff to get clicks and to get people talking and stuff like that, right? Yeah. But I honestly believe the truth of that matter is what we've heard in some circles is that it was the Warriors brass, Bob Myers, the ownership, Steph, Clay, and Dre, and, mm-hmm. and Andre Iguodala, right? But yeah. I think they got in that room, and I think those guys exited and left Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Iggy yeah. to recruit Durant and kind of yeah. just say, look, bro, come here. 
We don't give a crap who's scoring what. We really honestly don't. Let's just start winning chips. Clay even said it. I'm not going to take less shots. I'm taking my shots anyways. Yeah. I I don't think, though, that that to them there was any shame in recruiting him. And I think that they really made him feel comfortable and like, you know, it's it's not it doesn't matter who's going to be the one scoring or getting the credit or whatever, as long as we're winning. Yeah. And I thought that was the biggest lure for Duran at that yeah. time. Um, you know, I'm a self-proficient guy with as far as or self-admittance. I'm sorry, should I say is I'm not a huge Westbrook guy. Yeah. I actually have swallowed my pride a little bit this year and given him a little bit more credit because I think he's taken a step back in order for George to kind of become. Oh, the George, I'm a heck of a year. Yeah, yeah, he could be. He probably would be my vote for MVP. Yep. And I think Russ deserves a little bit of credit for letting Paul step into that limelight. And I think mm-hmm. the Thunder are benefiting from that. Yeah. But I think in the past, Russ's selfishness with a lot of things was a big reason why Kevin left. Yeah. And even though he won't admit that, I think deep down it's the truth. You know, yeah. what do you think about the possibility of him, even if it is joining Kyrie? Don't I feel him going to the Knicks is a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. If he thinks the media here, he's getting oh, pissed off. What do you think is going to happen? New York. There? Exactly. Yeah. Right? yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Is that something he wants to, I, I mean, I think he could get over this. If uh, we see a lot of players these days, right? Because salary caps going up higher and higher each year. So guys are signing these one year deals. I think it's, it's gotta be, if you sat down and just said, Katie, just sign this three year deal right here. You're going to have to worry about this media stuff for the next two years then. Right. It's, I don't know. I, I think once you keep signing these one-year deals, you're just going to leave it open to the media to come and say, well, where are you going next year? Yeah. You can't focus on what's in front of you yeah. because everyone's going to keep looking at it. That's a one-year deal you signed. Well, where are you going to go next? You know, another, another layer that, that, that I'm glad you brought that up, that, that I, I, we didn't discuss this you know, as part of something earlier we were going to talk about. But I think that there's a possibility in this where these guys aren't putting the, the most – ideal situations when you're talking about the Warriors management and the players when they're constantly being asked about this situation with Durant, right? Yeah. But what I have thought is the Warriors had to step up. They suspended Draymond when that whole fiasco happened where him and Durant got in that argument in overtime against the Clippers, right? Yeah. Now at that moment, they had to make a decision and like it or not, what they were basically saying is we're going all in, pushing all our chips in because we want Kevin here, right? Mm -hmm. And I think they could really have possibly burned their bridge with Draymond at the time and Kevin possibly already out the door with a foot out the door. Right. Yeah. But I don't think that Draymond is going to forget about that whole uh, week and how everything went down and the Warriors didn't have his back in any way. Now at the same time, you can look at it like maybe he needed a little bit of a lesson because you know, love him or hate him and and whatever Draymond has his moments, man, where he's a lot to deal with. Yeah. He's a hothead and kind of a baby at times. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I, I would take Draymond on my team every single day of the week. Mm-hmm. I think he's a necessary evil for Golden State. I think yeah. that he's their glue guy and kind of their Swiss Army knife, so to speak. He's anchor that defense. Definitely. And I, But I think he's been a different player this year with a little bit being nicked up. Mm-hmm. Ha- they have to be tired, man. If, if they make the finals this year, oh. that'll be five years in a row. Yeah. They have to be somewhat worn. You sprinkle in what after that – after that – uh the loss in the finals, they most of those guys went to Team USA to yeah. play anyways. Yeah. Now you're adding that extra month of, of practice and playing, yeah. man. Like, yeah, it's taking a toll on these guys. Yeah. I mean, it, my issue isn't so much um, when I when I say the thing the things I do. I still love basketball at its core, and I still love the NBA. 
my issues with the NBA is still how it's kind of ran, which is around marketing and making money and not always in the best interest of the players. On top of that, they still let the players control and dictate too much also, which is a bad combination, right? It makes for guys not playing hard every night, makes for guys taking nights off. Mm. You have this whole thing now. It's silly. It's called load management. I tweeted something yeah. out earlier. Oh, about- I, was whole, I was angry about the whole Anthony Davis thing. It was just all of a sudden uh- – because he didn't get to get traded and go where he wanted yeah. to go. And all of a sudden he's going to take certain nights off. Exactly. Is it fair for the season ticket holders? No. Is it fair for the fans who may may have purchased NBA League Pass to yeah. to, to, to not watch him be able to play now? It's yeah. like Or if it's a road game, right? You get to if you're in yeah. the if you're if uh you know, I know the Pelicans are considered a West team, right? But if yeah. you're in the East, you play them once at home the whole yeah. year. Now you save up money because your kid's favorite player is Anthony Davis. Yep. You go to the arena that night because you bought the ticket six months ago and he's yeah. not even playing. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. That aspect I can't stand about no, yeah. the league. And, and 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 I think a lot of that is due to how spread out um, the season really is where it's it's too long and it's it's it, the guys are tired from the traveling. Mm-hmm. They're tired from as many games as they're playing and their legs aren't as fresh for one. So I can sympathize with that to a degree. But because of how easy it is to make the playoffs with that many teams, and I talked about this a lot in my first episode, it just it makes for uncompetitive stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I wanted to transition over. I know you're a, you're a Giants fan. They yeah. are kind of a mess right now too, right? With everything Huge that's mess, going yeah. on heading into I, I couldn't even training. tell you what the outfielders were. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, one thing is it, it's like. If there's, I may dislike or hate ter- certain teams. Yeah. As a sports fan, you have your team, and you usually hate the majority of the other ones, right? So I am an A's fan. Yeah, I, I I've always hated the Giants for a while now, at least because just certain stuff. Especially lot, 2010, 2012, 2014. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think the main yeah. reason um, for me has always been, you know, when they were at the stick the last four or five years, um, it it was basically, it was basically where they had. Um, 5,000 fans out there or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Then they move over to uh, Pac Bell, and all of a sudden, everyone in the Bay Area is a hardcore Giants fan, right? Now, I know you're an original, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. I just all of a sudden, when AT&T got built, saw Oakland Stadium dwindling and then packed up, packing up. And then there's a lot of people wearing Giants hats, and I've seen wearing A's hats before, right? So mm-hmm. that's kind of the background a little bit on, on why I like had a disdain for them. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's kind of unnecessary for me to describe, but I was just going into the reasoning. I was about to say, I'll give credit where it's due, you know? And I think when it comes to uh, the Giants, they made the effort for Harper. Yeah, so I saw a bunch of um, people, you know, the Bryce Harper thing got drug out for days, right? Mm-hmm. that's something, man. Now I guess it's, I, I can't wrap my head around it because I'm not involved with money like that. Right. But when you're talking someone who's about to make, what did he make? 330 million or 325, something like that. Right. Some, I think 330. We just signed. 330, yeah. 330. 13 years. Yeah. So you sign that the giants basically were rumored to have offered him 12 years for 310. So, you know, to me, when they go, I go, well, what the hell is the difference between 310 million and 330? And someone go, well, there's $20 million difference and you're paying higher taxes in California. State taxes, yep. But I don't know, man. It's still hard for me to wrap my head around that, right? And I'll tell you one thing for sure. The Giants should not be knocked in any manner 
for not going up to like 350 or something. But that's the rumor that Boris came back to them and countered and said, you guys need to come to 350. So it makes up the difference for the taxes. Yeah. So, if, you know, Farhan Zahadi and Brian Sabian and, and uh, all the other, you know, Larry Bear told him to piss off. We're not doing that. I'm not going to knock them for that. Right. If you came and offered the guy 12 yeah. years, 310, that should be enough for the fan base and whoever else to be satisfied with them making a play for him, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel the same about that? Uh, I mean, I think you you brought up that they need bats, right? That that's obvious, yeah, but they're definitely bats. So it was one of those things where, and he's a lefty. So I mean, it would have been great to see some more splash hits. Yeah, I, I feel like that number's been sitting on that same number for yeah. who knows how long, but. I mean, if you were to pay that extra money, I think you would have got – I mean, the Giants aren't hurting for fans, right? You said everyone from the Bay Area, from the A's at the time, was moving over to the Giants. Yeah. You're going to sell jerseys. You're going to sell Oh yeah, um, all this Bryce Harper stuff. Not to like – And it's oh. a it's an awesome setup, right? I mean, I've been to the park. It's my favorite baseball park to go to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's really geared towards – especially now that they have all the restaurants and other yeah. stuff around there. It's an awesome time, man. It's an awesome – place to go catch a ball game right yeah and the fan experience inside is beyond cool too the choices of places to eat the activities they have in there um it's it's a cool deal i you know i was gonna bring up when you brought up the splash hits is you know with bonds that's it really in a way uh shows you even more so how amazing he was when you see the lack of power from everyone else who plays there visitor or or here supposedly that wind's supposed to be blowing in from yeah, from right field, so you're not supposed to. But he hit 76. I know that was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen well, in my life. And I think the fact that that Harper, you have to think that he was probably worried about how his numbers were going to dip. And that's something I've always actually given Posey credit on. Not that he's some great power hitter, but no. I think if if Posey's playing in a park that's a hitter's park, you probably oh. see his his home runs and power numbers way higher than they are, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But same thing with uh, I think everybody rats on Brandon Belt that way too. But it's like any other park, you put him in Yankee Stadium, he's cracking forty a year possibly. You know? Yeah, that is. But it's just it's possible, man. Everyone just want. I think we we're so spoiled seeing Bonds. We expect fifty home runs from everybody. It's like, you're not going to yeah. get that. You know, and the Giants fans, man, like yourself and whoever else, they got to be still somewhat. You know, 2014 was five seasons ago, but still, they saw three titles in, in a a five-year span or whatever it was yeah. after not seeing him for a while. Um, they had a great run with Bochi and these other guys. And I think that people need to give Zahadi some time yeah, um, to actually rework their farm system, build that up a little bit, mm-hmm. and and probably pick out and get the right players that are the right fit for the Giants, right? Yeah. It, it, at the end of the day, it's a beautiful ballpark that they're that they're playing in every yeah, night. Bringing fans all the time, yeah. Yeah, and they they need to gear that roster to fit that park, and that's what I think he'll do. Right? They've always kind of been pitching, bullpen, mm-hmm. defense, smart hitting, and base running and stuff like that. Yeah. They'll probably get a guy eventually that has got really good natural power, mm-hmm. and though he probably won't hit fifty bombs or something like that, or or be the type of player Bonds was power wise, he'll still fit in, and they'll end up re-signing a guy like that and. It'll be the darling of San Francisco, right? I mean, even well, that's like, what everyone was hoping Bryce Harper would have been. That yeah, guy, twenty what twenty six years old. Yeah, just I mean, and it's hard to get somebody like that. Like everyone says, okay, but well, we still got Trout in two years, yeah. right? I mean, come on, you. It's you know, it, it, that's a funny thing about sports, man. Is you have once in a generation type guys or talents like a Trout, you know, and, and it's funny. Besides the Angels, there's twenty nine other teams 
just wishing they had him. And then when he becomes a free agent, they are all hopeful that it was something like that. Right. But in reality, man, only the bigger market teams have a shot at a player like that because no one else can afford to pay him, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's just the way sports is. Yeah. I mean, what's to even say Trout's going to hit the the free agency market, you know? Yeah. If I'm the Angels next year, I lock him up. Yeah. I'm locking him up. I'm not letting him go anywhere. I can't believe the Nationals let Harper hit hit the market. Yeah. Now, now what do they have to show for it? They lost him for nothing, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Bummer for Nationals fans, but it's. And I mean, uh, the funny thing about that is, is that they offered him 10 years, 300 million before he even walked out the door before free agency even came. Mm-hmm. So they still offered him 330 a year. I mean, 300 overall and 30 a year. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's not anything to sneeze at. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if it was anything more like the whole Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack situation where guys were waiting out. Well, what's he going to get? Because maybe I, should, I deserve more than yeah. him. You know, so he, maybe he was waiting on what Machado was going to get. Yeah. Machado, and again, the 10 years, 300 that he was supposed to get in Washington. Yeah. I mean, granted, San Diego, so the taxes are still going to hit him. But that's actually, bro, that's a really good point. I think that you bring up a good point that I think Harper was kind of probably waiting for that Machado shoe to drop. Yeah. Before he even kind of went to these teams and said, okay, now that Machado's got paid this, I'm not accepting a penny less. Exactly. Him, right? Yeah. He's over here loafing at the first base and saying he, he doesn't run hard and this yeah. and that. And, you know, I, I, I'm more marketable and whatever. Right. Yeah. So I, I think you make a, you bring up a really good point about that. Um, we were talking earlier and I wanted to bring it up on the pod about Bumgarner. Right. Yeah. And, and just the whole concept that I was, I was talking to you about earlier that you don't hear a lot of people talk about it. The funny, I've always found it funny, man, when fans get pissed, right at players, certain players not making enough money, right? Or this guy should get paid or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I've always found that hilarious as a sports fan, at least of my own team. And it sounds greedy, but like I want the guys on my team to make as little as possible because then I have my team's got more money to pay others. And then we have a super team or a better team, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have a guy's break in the bank. Your, your front office doesn't have the ability to sign the other players to make you competitive. Yeah. So – where where that this is leading into is when we were talking earlier about Bumgarner. Yeah. The Giants have gotten away with highway robbery with him. Oh, yeah. He was young. He was a horse helping them out, especially in the 2010 World Series when he was younger and not as big of a part of that. They lock him up before he can hit arbitration year mm-hmm. after year or whatever. And they give him a five-year deal um, at $40 million where he's making $8 million a year. He's still on that contract. And look at what they've gotten out of him. You know? Yeah, that 2014 year was... I mean, was amazing, right? That postseason run where oh yeah, he was pitching on three days rest, and then he goes in and pitches what uh, he gets to save for the game. Five innings, basically pitched at five innings. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. He was a what they call a famous saying in sports at times, right? When the moment of some one guy maybe to step up and they're basically a man among boys. Yeah, and against the Royals, especially in that series. They just didn't have an answer for him, and he was a man among boys. And I, and the thing is, where I stand on that issue, and, and some Giants fans won't like it because they're so enamored with what Bumgarner's done for them, which is understandable to a degree. Yeah. But that guy has got tread on the tires, right? I'm not paying him based on what he's done. Mm-hmm. I'm paying him on what he's going to do. And if I'm the Giants and I can even get something for him, i probably trade him. Or if it comes down to it and push comes to shove and he wants to get paid, yeah. I let him walk because I don't think he's going to hold up. See, I'm on the other end of the spectrum because, I mean, look what he's done for the organization. Three exactly. titles. I mean, you can't just let this guy walk. I mean, if if, if Farhan says, you know, he's trades him for prospects, it, I mean, I think the Giants fans are just going to go wild, including myself. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's a natural it's feeling. One of those right? things where it's like you can't, you can't just let this guy. Go. This guy's gonna live in Giants folklore. Like he came out in yeah. Game Seven on two, two, three days. I forgot what it was. Two, three days rest after played Game Five, I believe. He, he pitched Game Five, won five, and then he went to seven. And I mean, he told Bochi, "Don't take me out until my arm falls off." Literally, yeah. It's just if he gives that up. Let's say he blew his arm out in that Game Seven, right? Yeah. Did it? Does he not? deserve like anything the rest of the way because he gave it up for that whole franchise i know it, I, I i still think you gotta be loyal to him especially i mean th- there's like there's guys like uh nothing really comes off my head but he plays someone that plays with an organization for 10 years right gives his heart out to the team but they don't make the playoffs they don't they they don't make any they don't get any championships or rings under him how do, how do you i can say you can send him somewhere that he can go and possibly successful, right? Like a McCutcheon. Yeah. Like they said they shipped him to San Francisco. Hey, you might have a better opportunity over here. And when he couldn't do anything in San Francisco, here you go to New York. They were trying to get him something good, right? Yeah. Because you, you're you looking out for the – like he's such a great person, great ball player, great clubhouse guy. You got to send him somewhere to where he can be successful. But I think one of the things where he's already got three rings, I, you've, you've got to be loyal to him and, and, and keep him there. Yeah. I, and I, I, mean, I, I, yeah, think I that's understand a, the price uh, too, but, man, you can't – a fan, right? Yeah. That's a natural emotion from a fan mm-hmm. because of what he's done for your team, right? Yeah. So I get that part of it. My, my, on the other side, and I'm glad that we have two sides of opinion on this topic, right? Because yeah. it's, it makes for good talk. And, and my thing is like, okay, let's, let's just say if you were them, what would you offer him years and money wise, right? So mm-hmm. would you, if he thinks his value is 20 million or more, are you giving him like seven years, 140 million? You know, because he's breaking down too, right? Yeah, definitely. So I mean, you can give him the seven years. Oh, maybe it's like a three, three year deal, and just uh, whatever happens after that time is, you know, <laughs> I, I, I get it's a business, but man, we, we can't tell what's going to happen until after that three years is up, right? But yeah, I don't think it's he's a, he's a different guy for. I mean, he's not just any other player. This is he he he's on Mount Rushmore for me. Because, I mean, what he's done for that organization, him and Posey during my time, is just amazing. Like, you can't just let these guys go. Like, like if Steph Curry, what happens if he gets, like, 10 and 9, or he dislocates his arm, he can't shoot out of his right arm anymore. Yeah. You know, but he's, he could be a 10-minute guy, just ball handling, yeah. dish, mid-range jumper. Yeah. You just say, oh, just go somewhere else because. And they probably are comparable, Bumgarner and Curry, because you're yeah. talking about three-time champs, both of them, yeah. Bay Area darlings. And the fans in the Bay Area uh, just have both those guys, yeah. you know, basically in in their Mount Rushmore and in their yeah. hearts, you know, and it's it is hard. So I I you know what I think a three year deal is reasonable, right? Yeah, and and, and you got to think maybe that's what something like that happens because there's these other teams out there and they see what we see and they're getting paid to see what we see, right? Scouts and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't think someone's gonna walk along and just give them twenty million a year for seven years with the tread on the tires he's got. So yeah. maybe the Giants and him come to some some medium ground. Um, so anyway, man, this is uh, – I wish we had a little more time, but I know we got some other other stuff to do and and places to go and people to see. And and uh, But this has been awesome, dude, and we'll do it again sometime soon. Oh, man. It's been Thank- great. Yeah, man. Hopefully I can you know, bring me on again on any yeah. time, man. Yeah, it, yeah it, same here, man. Anytime, you're always welcome. And uh, – yeah, so that wraps up episode three, you guys. I'm going to be back on uh, probably going to do a pod on Tuesday. We're going to hit the free agent uh, wire really hard. 
And uh, there's going to be a lot of action starting Sunday night, Monday morning, official signing for the NFL. So I should have clarified free agency when I say NFL. And I know you're a Raider fan, bro. So you guys, let's see what you guys do. I'm a Niner fan. We'll see what we do. But we, yeah, we both <laughs> we both got cap space and it's going to be exciting on Wednesday's official signing day. But I think Monday we're going to know a lot you know, about who's going where. So, hey, thanks again, brother. I'll talk to you soon.